0: Do-do-do-do-do-do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 306. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is, The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, you have some notes from a Super Soul Sunday that you watched uh, last night.
1: Yesterday while I was folding laundry. He's in the building!
0: Oops. Oops. Uh, Richard Rohrer. Richard Rohrer. Is it? I think it's just Roar. The Rural Juror? The Rural Juror. <laughs> What's the Rural Juror? Rural
1: Juror is the uh, movie that uh, Jenna Maroney was in. Who's in Jenna Maroney? Season one of 30 Rock. The Rural Juror. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Glad I got you.
1: I love uh, to say it.
0: Um, and then I have a few random notes. But- um... Go ahead.
1: What I was going to say is the Super Soul Sunday that I watched yesterday is an old one. Ah. It's not new, but I like most things. It's kind of like reading a book a Did second Did you just time. say
0: I like most things?
1: No, I said I kind of stopped. Period,
0: I, comma, then, like most things.
1: I like most things. Or No, that sentence isn't right.
0: You're, you're not a thing, though. You're a person.
1: Yeah, let's just scratch that out with white out. You're
0: Al. a spiritual being having a human experience
1: correct. This is true. This is true. But what I was going to say was it's like reading a book for the second time. Like I got new stuff the second time, not just because I didn't hear it the first time, but because some of it felt more relevant to me now based on personal experience.
0: What about when we were in bed last night and you're reading Shefali's book and you're like, oh, that was an interesting chapter. And you like had the book open for like two minutes. (laughs) It's and that would have true. taken me like two days.
1: I didn't have an open for two minutes.
0: It was like four minutes. You're like, oh, that was interesting. And I said, <laughs> I would still be on the first page.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Her book is good.
0: You don't read every word, though. No,
1: I am definitely a scanner, but I get, but I highlight and underline and I get the gist. That's for sure. Um, so today's kind of a big day. Is it? Because your birthday's tomorrow?
0: Um. It's my birthday today. It
1: is your birthday today. We're taping on the day before, but you're listening. And I'm traveling. His birthday, yeah.
0: I'm in Kansas City right now.
1: <laughs> Todd, Todd kind of sucks on his birthday because he so doesn't care. Or that
0: I'm low maintenance and awesome.
1: He makes it not fun because I want to do stuff. And he's like, no, let's just have ham sandwiches.
0: Ham and cheese, <laughs> sweetie. Don't forget.
1: And I want to go out and like have a celebration. And
0: I have a work thing. And you're like, you can't travel on your birthday. I'm like, actually... You can.
1: Well, you can. And
0: most people do. No, they don't. I remember watching a YouTube video and he was in Chicago and it was his birthday. And he's like, I've been in Chicago on lots of my birthdays. So if nothing else, I'm just like Bono.
1: Okay. You didn't mention it was Bono. You said I watched a YouTube video and this guy was in Chicago on his birthday. And I'm like, who's the guy? Bono's the guy. Okay. Okay, so Bono works on his birthday. Yeah. So that then equals you should work on your birthday?
0: Thereby, Todd equals Bono's awesomeness.
1: (laughs) Well, that's fine. I don't like to travel on my birthday because I would like to be around the people I love most on my birthday.
0: Right. And I'm like, what's the big deal if it's tomorrow, which is my birthday? Right. Or if it's this weekend.
1: Right. And I get that. I understand. I understand. I get a, on on my real birthday. Oh, we
0: had some family issues with that, some marriage issues. We did. We did. Back in the early days, um, it was your birthday and I gave you a kiss and said happy birthday and we we're going to go and have dinner that night and I went down to my office as if it was a normal day and you were like it's not a normal day. It's my birthday. Do you remember that?
1: Oh yeah. I remember can it very you, well. Can you can
0: you give any more cuz that's as much as I remember. Any more background?
1: Well, just I was gonna say before you mentioned that that when my when I have a birthday, and I don't know if this is from childhood or just being Kathy, but that day feels really different to me. It feel like I feel the birthday, like I it's I'm like today is a day, you know, it's kind of like, you know, You're one celebrating day of the year. life, yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't mean that everybody has to like Cater to me, but the people that I love most, Most. like in my family, I would like to.
0: You want a little more acknowledgement than a kiss saying happy birthday, and then I walk downstairs to go to work?
1: Yeah, I think I was pretty not happy. And then you had to travel all the time on my birthday because you always had meetings, and that kind of blew. Um, so, but I figured out. Not this year. No, not this year. But I figured out ways, instead of saying, Todd, you need to make my birthday special, I figured out ways to make my birthday special for myself, which is what I did prior to us being married. Like sure. I would.
0: What would you do when you were single? How would you make it so special? I had special? my own birthday parties. Oh.
1: I like would make a birthday party or my girlfriends would say, can we have a party for you? You came to one. Do yeah. Do you remember? No. I think I was 25. You came to a lot of my birthday parties. I was there. You, the one, remember, on Lauren Chris's deck, 25? Sort of. And then at 26, it was at, um, what was that, uh, McGee's. Mm-hmm. Remember that?
0: I remember the beginning of the nights, but not so much the ends.
1: <laughs> anyway, tomorrow, or today, is your birthday. So happy birthday, Thanks, Milo. sweetie. How old are you? Uh,
0: 44. All right. And a few other things is I want to talk about the 830 Club. Oh, okay. Which is a club that you just created about three weeks ago. I did. So the 830 Club is a club that my sweetie came up with, we have an eight-year-old daughter who tends to stay up too late because she has two older sisters. Yeah, And her growing body needs more sleep. So you created this really awesome invention called the 830 Club. Mm -hmm. What, What is it?
1: So the 830 Club is where, let me back up and say that, like Todd said, my two older daughters can go to bed a little bit later and they read and sometimes, you know, are doing stuff in their bed. Back up, back up, back up, back up. And so Skylar is like trying to hang with them and be like them. And she's like four years younger than them. Right. And she needs to be going to bed at like a time, like like 8.30. She needs to be getting like much more sleep than them. And this was not happening. And we were noticing in the morning that she would have a harder time getting up.
0: Well, we would say, you know, 8.30 time for bed, but that would just mean they'd go upstairs and play for a while. So you used something to incentivize her actually falling asleep.
1: Well, first of all, just saying tonight, what if you and I both go... To bed at eight thirty, and we'll have eight thirty club. And she, it took the first time of having the experience for her to jump into it. And basically, what that meant is she and I get in her bed, we read a few books. She gets to choose one, I choose one. We read them, and then this is just what Skyler needs. I scratch her back for like ever until
0: it's time until, <laughs> until she's she asleep. Falls asleep.
1: Which this is like old school parenting stuff for us because our girls are older. And so that whole huge bedtime routine that Mm -hmm. you do when your kids are really little, it fades a little bit. It doesn't mean that it completely goes away, but you're not like spending all this time trying to get your kids to bed. So it's kind of taking it back old school. And The next morning after our first 8.30 club, oh, my gosh. I don't know if it was was more like a placebo effect. It was probably the novelty of it. The novelty of it. But it's still working. But she was like, I feel so different. I am so awake. And then she said, tonight, 8.30 club. So now – we do it majority of the time. And yeah. I don't actually have to stay in there anymore until she falls asleep. She
0: does recognize, no? though. like, Mom left before I fell asleep <laughs> last night.
1: I know. I know. I'm kind of shortening it. But she also can fall asleep after that, meaning the, the, the same outcome
0: yeah. occurs. So um, kudos to my sweetie oh, for that. Also, to kudos to my sweetie for winning the big book award, the Nautilus Book Award. I oh. mentioned it on Friday's podcast. Yeah, thank you and I want to mention it again. Thank you. So congratulations to you. What is the Nautilus Book Award?
1: Uh, it's just one of those it's uh it's a book award for sp- specifically for books that make an impact on the world. So it meant it I I uh I will say this. Shefali's book won a Nautilus Book Award. My friend Annie's book won a Nautilus Book Award. So I feel very honored to be in the same category as their writing. And
0: which book was just awarded of your three?
1: Um, The uh, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. Your third one. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I thought about this. I should have talked to you before we pressed record. But um, what if we did something weird like the first five people to order your books this week through our website. Uh Got to go through our website we'll get a free Shifali book, not the new one, but the one that we had left over from the conference.
1: Uh, the Conscious Parent? The Conscious sure, Parent. Sure, absolutely.
0: So for the first five people that order Why Kathy's- Why don't we do three? First three. Yeah, let's do three. Okay. The first three people that order uh, Kathy's book, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, off of our website, which is at sendparentingradio.com, and then there's a store icon on the Yeah, you somewhere. just click store. For the first three, you'll get a free copy of Shifali's book.
1: Yeah. Of her, um, of The Conscious Parent. Yeah, she has another book coming
0: one. out, but uh, The Conscious Parent, mm-hmm. which is a pretty amazing It's book.
1: pretty amazing. So
0: we'll do that for you. That's just our small way of giving back to our awesome oh, listeners. Thank you. Um, the other thing is you have a big uh, thing planned with our 13-year-old daughter this Saturday. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's because I'm not included. I've actually elevated it to maybe beyond what it actually is. But I think it's just such an amazing idea. Mm. And I think every mom and daughter should do this. Mm -hmm. And I think fathers and sons should do it. So why don't you explain what this is and if you've ever done it before with anybody else? I
1: have. And I think we discussed on the show, I had a party for my niece um, many years back. She's 19 now. She's going to be 20 this summer. But when she was in her teenage years to just kind of celebrate her going from being a kid to adolescent to or, or, you know, that those early teenage years where you're becoming a young woman because things change and the way that you see the world changes and the support system that you need changes and you need more role models and you need to know that there are people who love and support you um, who are watching out for you and who are there for you Um, even if it be just knowing they're there you know you may not ask them for help but you just know they're there so it's my daughter's uh, she turned 13 last month and so it is or actually two months ago and so it is time for her teenage party Um, and she uh, I invite all the women from our family and then um, some of my uh, closest friends, and more so, it's not just about my friends. It's about m- my friends who know her well. Yes, yes, it's like her
0: relationship with older women, you know, in her life. In her, not life. necessarily has got nothing to do with you, right? It just so happens that like Manisha right. is your best friend who knows JC like as well as anybody like family so
1: it's so it's a big group of women and there are a few like my my younger daughters are going there's a few other kids who are going who are daughters of my friends yeah um but we basically have this um celebration where we share stories about our experience being 13 um and everyone writes her letters about that they're there for her. Um, Did
0: you give these other women a heads up that they're going to have to tell oh, a yeah. story when they're 13?
1: Absolutely. And and not, and here's the thing. Like, it, I don't really care what people share. I don't have, for as much as I've created a structure, my, whatever someone wants to share is fine. They yeah. could share what I think now, what I used to think. They can share a poem. They can share a song. They can share, you know, like your sister.
0: So it's going to be a big circle of women right. and girls. Yeah. Are you going to say, okay, your turn. Go.
1: Yeah. But it it's so low-key. Yes, and I'm making this low-key because I do these kind of things all the time. I run groups. I run a women's circle. So these things, I'm very um, – it doesn't feel really structured, and
0: and the only reason I'm pushing you on this is because there's a there's could be moms out there listening saying oh I this see. sounds like a really good idea but they may want that structure. Well, let
1: me tell you this: there's a million ways you can do this. I like to be at our house. We're ordering the food that J.C. wants. We're getting a dessert she wants. I put a video together. You know, I do it the way I like it. But my one of my other girlfriends did this for her daughter, and she took uh, she had a really nice brunch place mm-hmm. that she took everybody to, and they were at a restaurant, right? And they did it a little differently. There. Is no way you have to do it. What it is, is it's about the intention behind it. Why are we celebrating this person? How can we support this girl as she grows into a woman?
0: Much more confusing years ahead of Much her. Much
1: more. And can she look around and understand that there's a lot of women... To support her, a, b, that there's a lot of role models for her. C, that there's many different choices around that table. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about the women that are coming. Is we all kind of have different life paths. Yeah. I mean, some of it's similar, but there's many different things that you can do in life. And I want her to see many different women.
0: Well, and there, to your point, there's some amazing role models that are yeah. going to be in that room. Mm-hmm. But you know, there could be a time in J.C.'s life where she doesn't feel comfortable coming to you Correct. for whatever reason. Yes, and this party is an introduction. Listen if I'm not going to float your boat for whatever it is that you're struggling with, here's your aunt, here's, you know, this woman, here's Mm -hmm. that woman. Like there's a whole bunch of different Mm -hmm. resources to pull from. Correct. Not just you.
1: Correct. And that's the intention too, is that, you know we always talk about it takes a village but the truth about our current experience with our families is that we're very separated um the way that our culture is now we kind of feel like we need to do it on our own yeah. and that you know the mom needs to do everything the dad needs to do everything we put our fence around our house we kind of just separate and i really need the village. Mm -hmm. Um, I really want other women to influence my, my daughter, women who care about her. I want her to feel that she has other people she can go to. um, And I want her to know that there's many different paths in life. Well,
0: and then the only other thing I want to say, and then we can move on is that this is not just a, first of all, I'm not invited. No. Just girls. It's
1: just for a girls and women.
0: It's a real, it's like a girl power. And I think that's why I think it's such an awesome idea. It's mm-hmm. just, this is female power yeah. at its essence. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have some incredible women together mm-hmm. sharing wonderful wisdom, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this is not just for girls. Men, dads can do this with their sons.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, we did this for Max, um, my nephew, but he wanted something different. Yeah. He wanted... He didn't want the big circle and yeah. he didn't want all that attention on him, which I totally respect. Yeah. Like I, same thing with JC. Like, I asked her how she wanted to do it and she didn't want all the focus on her all the time, which is why we're telling stories rather than saying to her...
0: This is what you need to know. Yes.
1: We're just going to tell stories. She, You've got to respect where your child is. Yeah. Don't go... If you chose to do this for your child, don't go in and say... Here's how it's gonna be. Ask them what they want. Because
0: here's what I'm envisioning. There's a bunch of moms listening out there saying, Oh my gosh, my I should have done this when, you know, when my eighteen year old was thirteen, or there's gonna be a mom of a six year old saying, I can't wait until she turns thirteen. Yeah, yeah. My point is this is not just about females because there is True. something incredible about male empowerment too. Yes. That's why I have my own tribe, my own men's group. That's why I belong to a larger organization called Mankind Project. We talk about those things, about how amazing it is to be in just a group of men Mm -hmm. and the strength and the power and hopefully the vulnerability that comes from that. So I just say that out loud because it's something that obviously if I had a son, which I don't, but if I did, I would be doing something very similar, not the same, but but
1: As something that you and he create together. Yeah, right. And that's what I've kind of feel like with J.C. is we created it together. Um, but really, the other reason is, is I feel that our children, boys and girls, get told a lot of lies about what it means to be their gender. Mm-hmm. They're, they're told, and I don't mean always verbally, but they look around in society and they think that there is a certain way a woman needs to be or that a woman is this or that girls are mean or that women are catty or all these negative things that I'm not saying they don't exist. But I'm saying that's not the full truth about what it means to be a girl or a woman. Um, It is a a possibility. It's a choice. It's all happened to us. But there's so many other pieces of what it means – to be female, and I want to make sure that those things are just as focused on um, with my daughter as the other things the things that can be more challenging um, you have to have some roots you yep. know we have you know I know you guys have probably heard the quote you know we need to give our children's uh, children roots and we need to give them wings you've probably heard that before uh, we did a show about that I think um and what I See roots as is giving them kind of a full picture of what life can be and not just the difficulties but also the beautiful parts and allowing them to be fully human and see um, all different ways that a woman – can live a life in this country. And again, there's no way I can expose her to everything. Sure. I mean, I'm trying, I'm doing my best, but it's not that every woman in this room is gonna be representative of every path, right. but it's it's starting that conversation. Well,
0: and I think we just always feel like we're in this alone because it's just me and you and right. trying to guide these young women. And it's not just you and no. I, it's it could be so much more. So I just think it's great you're tapping into this amazing resource of these wonderful friends right. and family that we have because- Unless you put something like this on the calendar, it never happens. It never happens. And to have some structure and a little bit of formality to it, like little bit. we are coming here to, you know, celebrate who you've been for these thirteen years and who you're going to be. Yes. I just I just
1: And that, you I'm know the bottom line is I believe in you. Yeah. You know, like that's what I want her to know. We believe in you. We see you. We, you know, do you remember that story about the African tribe and when someone is going through a challenge, they put them in the middle of the circle and everybody sings to that person to remind them of who they are because it was the song from their birth.
0: Yeah. They sing the birth song that was created when they were born.
1: Exactly. And it's the same thing. It's my way of saying we all see you and we're going to sing you your song so you remember because that's what will root you. We cannot live your life for you. But if you feel rooted, it's going to be easier for you to rise. Right.
0: Uh, first partner, mm-hmm. Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Dr. Kelly has two things coming up. One is she has a food intolerances workshop, food testing workshop, uh, lunch and learn on May tenth at twelve thirty, and then she also has something on trigger points on May twelfth at six thirty p.m. It's a first of a two part trigger point workshop. So, if you want to learn more about that, go to chirotree.com. That's Dr. Kelly. So, um, all right. Richard Rohr, what do you think? Well... How do we want to get into it?
1: This is something that... We should that,
0: probably talk about who this guy is.
1: Well, you know what? Before we go to Richard Rohr, can I say something? Um sure, go ahead. Um, just because I think it fits here well. So this it is the season right now when I go and do uh, sex talks in Chicago um, for fifth grade girls and their parents, and um, mostly at the Catholic schools around the uh, city. And one thing that I was... Um, reading the night before I had to go last week was this article in Newsweek that I don't know if you guys saw, but it's about our being our country being so hung up or unable to talk about periods. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the menstrual cycle. Um, we, as a culture, are very like shunning of it. We don't talk about it, we don't look at it, we don't have... It's a big secret. It's like this weird secret which... I In our home, it's not just because of what I do for a living, and we have a lot of girls, and um, Todd has been uh, overly exposed to all of that. It's all good. Um, But what I I read in this article that I was like, this is the – it's not even the metaphor. It is the indicator of what a secret periods are. Mm -hmm. I read that tampons and pads in 45 states have a luxury tax on them.
0: It's a luxury to be able to buy tampons and pads, sweetheart.
1: Okay. And why you need to understand how crazy that is is that Rogaine and Viagra do not.
0: That's essential. We can't live without that stuff. (laughs) You girls can live without your pads and your tampons, but us guys, we need our Viagra a
1: luxury tax, yeah,
0: that's just an indication of the craziness that there's a bunch of men making laws
1: well, in that. And what I loved is in the article, there was a a piece where it said that a uh, Barack Obama was being interviewed by this young girl who has, like, a big YouTube following. And she asked him, why is there a luxury tax on these items that fifty one percent of the population need every single month?
0: and think about the the word. Luxury, luxury tax. Like this is something above and beyond of what is needed.
1: And he said, I don't know, Yeah. except to tell you that demonstrates who's creating our laws. Yeah. Because there is a misunderstanding or an ignorance about the necessity and the normalcy of using pads and tampons. Not to mention that in the Western world, we actually have it good mm. because there we can buy things yeah. and we're, we're not shunned yeah. when we have our period. Where in other parts of the country, there are women who aren't even allowed to go to school anymore yeah. when they get their periods because they're not given what they need to get them through that time of the month. Right. So I just... I wanted to—Todd mentioned it right before we started. He said, don't forget to say this because I had mentioned it to him last week. And I just want to really encourage moms and dads to be open and courageous enough to—I don't even know if it's courage. It's just to normalize. Sadly,
0: I think it does take courage for a lot of people because they're uncomfortable.
1: I know. So yeah,
0: I think courage is an absolutely accurate word. Okay, good. I mean, I wish it weren't necessary to use that word, but yeah. And some some families got it the way we got it, which is open discussions. But other families... For many different reasons, feel like it's something that need needs to be hidden.
1: Well, and here's the practice of self awareness again, which is really what this show is about. Is when I when I talk to parents, you know, um, when I do I talk to parents first before I talk to their children. And when I talk to the parents, the feedback I usually get is nobody talked to me about this. I'm very uncomfortable talking about it. It makes me very um, concerned to use certain words. And I always encourage them that you, that is your work. If you really want your children to have an understanding of sexuality and have and understanding their body and respect for their cycle, it's not about telling them the right words. It's about you becoming comfortable with what's normal in your body. Like You almost have to go back in time and be like, who told me or who didn't talk to me enough or not blaming someone but – Parenting yourself. Well,
0: and I think that I think parents tend to um, be like, okay, I need to have a big talk with my daughter about this, and it's mm-hmm. not. It's all the day-to-day little stuff exactly. is so much more valuable than the big discussion right. that you have once a lifetime or once a year or whatever. It is normalizing what goes on in men and women's bodies, right. and you know, and obviously you need to do everything that's age appropriate, but we just the fact that our schools are in charge of te- teaching our kids about sex just seems really weird to me.
1: Well, I like the idea though. I like the balance because at least it opens up a conversation like if we said oh leave it to the families, there are a lot of kids that aren't going to get anything. And
0: that's my point, but if parents if in a perfect world, uh-huh. I don't think this is something that the schools should be teaching. I think this is the parents responsibility. But to your point that's just not realistic right now. Right. There's a lot of parents out there that are allowing their kids to learn through, hopefully, through school and if not through the computer and the internet, which is even worse.
1: Well, it's supplemental information. The way I look at it is even if all parents were talking to their kids, it's always nice to have another viewpoint. Like one of the reasons that I really like when when I get asked to do it, I usually do it. I do what I can to make it happen is because I like being able to say – to girls, to normalize their experience, to talk openly about something that should be talked openly about. You know, I like to be able to look them in the eye and answer their question, like to, you need, you, again, it takes a village. You need your parents, you need your, you know, loved ones, you need a teacher, you need, it's nice to have all of us on the same page.
0: Do you want to share um, a certain story that happened last week of a girl not ever uttering a certain word out loud? Oh,
1: yeah, there there was... Um, well, you know, I, I was You don't talking... say
0: where you were or anything. You're no, with... no.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is I just, you know, want to keep... No, it's... I've been to a lot of different places, yes, so it's go. not going to be, you know, one specific place. But um, when I explained... What, I was talking about girls' anatomy, and so, of course, I use the appropriate words. This is the vagina, you know, for boys' anatomy, this is the penis, and she... You know, they're all like – they have their head on the table. They're fifth grade. They're holding hands. They're all very tense, which we can respect that. We were there too. But she said, I have never said that word in my life. And I said to her – this is going to sound smart-alecky, but I didn't say it in a smart-alecky way. I said, you can start – because you have one. That's right. And it's okay. It's You can use this word and trust that it is a part of your body that is completely... So part of who you are, so normal, just like your arm, your leg, your fingers, your 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 toes. This is, you were born this way. This is not something to be ashamed of. You know, and that's what I mean. It's that kind of conversation that I really, um, that's why I like going there because they don't always leave and say, hey, now I'm no, completely but you, comfortable. No, you planted
0: a seed for them to kind of grow from that place that, that you just set up. Hopefully. Because that's what are hope. the odds of that girl having a healthy view of sexuality if she's never uttered the word vagina.
1: Right. And this not is- Not very likely. This is the point, is it's not just about the word, it's about the energy and the power of the word. She's given it so much power that she can't even utter it. Right. And we have to, and why is that? Like tapping, like that's the onion, mm-hmm. unpeeling. What What have we done? To this word, or what have we done to our understanding of our own sexuality that we can't even utter it? Yeah. And I don't really have a full answer for you because there's all sorts of historical yeah. <laughs> reasons. There's all sorts of you know things going on in our society that. Um, but this is what I will say for those of you who are listening and are kind of like you know cringing yourself. Know that information for our children and information for everybody is not permissiveness. Information is empowerment. Lack of information is when children make poor choices. So I say that always to parents because a lot of times we think I don't want to use these words. I don't want to say these things to my kids. And if we don't, we have more challenges. The statistic, the research is the more information a kid has, the longer they delay sexual activity.
0: That's all you need to say. Correct. Like that is research. That's science. That is very logical reason of why you need to step outside of your own comfort zone to have these some people think difficult and it's not like it's really easy I've had these conversations with my daughters and you do it a lot more than I do but I'm I'm not here preaching saying oh my god you're an idiot if you can't do this easily it's quite awkward
1: it can be challenging yeah but
0: you've You're the mom. You're the dad. You fight through that awkwardness because if you don't, what you just said is exactly right. The less you talk about it, the more likely it is that they're going to make some bad choices.
1: And the whole, you know, let's take it off the actual act of sex, the whole issue of sexuality and understanding, you know, your own body and body image and self-esteem and self-worth. Those things get mixed up in there too, where we start to feel shamed for the way we feel or the feelings that come, you know, that start to arise when we become adolescents and teenagers. We feel ashamed of it. And so then we create all these inner problems. It's not just about the choices we make, it's about how we feel about ourselves. So the last thing I will say about this is, you know, Todd said, we have to work this out in ourselves. Get a group of your girlfriends together open a bottle of wine and start talking about your own experiences. Start the conversation with people that you trust and love, your friends, and then you can start, then you start using the language a little more and then you can go to your children and start opening up the conversation. Do you know what I mean? I do. The self-awareness piece is you've got to do it yourself first and, and depend on your friends and, or maybe your therapist, if you're seeing one or a coach, like, This is – it's it's important and it's such a normal part of being a human. Mm -hmm. All humans come into the world as sexual beings. So this is not like some crazy thing. This is completely normal for 100% of the population. So thank you for that time.
0: You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our second partner is John J. Kelly Dentistry. His website is chicagodentistonline.com. John Kelly is a good friend of ours. Um, one thing on his bullet points is uh, if you have headaches or neck pain or even TMJ, he helps you figure out that as as it results to your facial structure and your teeth. So um, that's one extra thing that John Kelly does aside from the obvious teeth cleaning and helping our daughters with their orthodontics. So, anyways. Alright, so we're 30 minutes in. <laughs> okay. And we're about to start the show.
1: So, um, so Richard Rohr was on. Um, Oprah, he is a teacher. I believe he is, is he a... He's a Franciscan, Franciscan friar, friar. Ordained
0: to the priesthood in Roman Catholic Church in 1970, sweetheart. So,
1: just like our friend Ed Bacon, who retired, by the way, from uh, All Saints yesterday, yesterday was, or Sunday, was his last <laughs> Day, but he, they are good friends, and um, they are both.
0: They're two peas in a pod.
1: They're wonderful men, and they. Um, one of their heroes is obviously Thomas Merton. So, for those of you who love Thomas Merton, it's the same kind of philosophy of compassion and acceptance and openness. So, Richard Rohr has li- written a lot of books um, about uh, you know these ideas. Gosh, so many books. But I think there's one called Everyone Belongs. Uh, um which is He's got a whole bunch yeah. of Yeah. But anyway, so I was listening to their conversation and, and it's just so wonderful um, to listen how people articulate things that are so challenging to articulate. And the one and I was reading Todd a bunch of quotes that I wrote down. I have a pad of paper with me when I watch Super Soul Sunday because I love people's quotes. Um but the one that Todd really liked that I said is the question about what we do with suffering. And again, this was Richard Rohr who said this, this is not my quote. He said, what do we do with our suffering? We either transform it
0: mm-hmm.
1: or we transmit it. Mm-hmm. And there's a piece of me that thinks we've talked about this on the show. When you're getting into 6 years, you've may have we may have some overlap. It's kind of like that uh, Three's company. Which one all of them? when there's a miscommunication. No, I
0: remember there was a uh, conversation with John Ritter and he knew that the show was getting old <laughs> because in like the first season, they smuggle like a kitty cat into the apartment and right. Mr. Roper really wigs out. And then like in the seventh season, they smuggle in a dog <laughs> and Mr. Furley kind of wigs out and he's like, <laughs> At that point, I think I knew it was time to Are close we shop. Are
1: we becoming threes a crowd yeah, now? That's right. <laughs> if Jack's Bistro is being opened. Um, so anyway, uh, I hope not. I still feel like we got a ton of things to talk about. But anyway... Even if we did talk about it, I learn. I've heard it. No, when
0: you said it to me, I'm like, that's brilliant. That's
1: brilliant. So let's think about that. What you do with your suffering, you either transform it, which I get a visual of when something happens that is traumatic, catastrophic, um, heartbreaking, um, whatever awful thing can happen that creates suffering, we're either going to grow And learn from it and process through the pain and become bigger, or we are going to stay stuck in it and we are going to take that suffering and throw it on other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're either going to throw it on somebody else or we're just going to hold it in, which will then end up affecting people around you anyways.
1: Inevitably. So it does
0: get transmitted. Either way.
1: Exactly. Like, it, even if you're not saying, you know, intentionally, I'm going to take my pain and throw it on you, if you are in constant pain, Mm -hmm. then that is what people experience when they're with you. And again, when I say this, there is normal grieving. There is, um, you know, I'm not saying we always have to be happy all the time. All of us suffer in our own ways with our own experiences. But are we in the process of transforming it? Are we trying to learn from it?
0: And that's what the show is all about. Yes. That's what every book you read is all about. That's what every, you know, Oprah interview, it's about understanding yourself and your wounds and your suffering and how to learn from it. Every single thing that happens to us can be transformed into something great. Even the loss of a loved one. You can honor that person's passing by being a better person than you were before. Mm -hmm. Every single thing. And I know it's easy to say when you're in a good mood and when you're in a bad mood, you just think the world is against you. But that's the truth. And the other quote it made me think of is, you know, we've talked a lot about carrying our own bags and don't pass our bags onto our children. So to try to t- tie this into some parenting stuff is, you know, the bags are the suffering mm-hmm. and what are you going to do with it? Are you going to pass it down to your kids? Are you going to give your kids your bags for you to carry? Are you going to carry it them, Carry your bags yourselves? Because our kids are going to develop their own bags. They don't need our help.
1: And you know what? I'll take it a step further You don't even need to carry your bags. Unpack them. Yeah. Look at what's in there. Yeah. Why are you carrying bags? Yeah. Unpack them. Unpack the bags.
0: Sort through it. Sort through it. And whatever no longer serves you, throw it in the dumpster. Exactly. And whatever doesn't, whatever does serve you, keep it and learn from it and carry it with you.
1: Put it on a hanger. That's right. Stick it in a drawer.
0: But not the wire hangers. No.
1: No more wire hangers.
0: That's from mommy dearest, it is. but the wire hangers bug me because it gives me those little bumps I on know. the shoulders. I know. And I, for those of you who watch our videos in the morning, <laughs> it's obvious that you know that I don't really care that much about the way I look.
1: Yeah. Your hair's kind of bad right now. And
0: I'm so proud of that, uh-huh. but I can like, but my version of, carrying the way I look is if I look if I walk around with a sweater with those two bumps like I cannot be comfortable the entire day. It's really bad. It's really bad. I
1: know. Yeah, so if you're going to unpack your bag of suffering,
0: put it on a wooden hanger. Put it
1: on a wooden hanger.
0: <laughs>
1: p- put it in the drawers. And you know, we're trying to make light of this be- because that is part of it, you guys. Like if you look around sometimes the pain and the suffering that we have, like I, I was in yoga this morning and I was I was really ruminating on something that was annoying me. Mm-hmm. And I was able to like kind of back up from it for a second in my mind and go and I actually said to myself, I can't believe you're still thinking about that. Right. And I actually had like a laugh with myself. It was like there was three selves in my brain where there was the pissed off self yep. and then there was two other pieces of myself that were like laughing at the piece that was pissed off. Like sometimes you have to laugh and it, it there are times when things need to be let go of and there are – and when we're in the midst of you know grieving a, a major loss, maybe it's not time for humor or mm-hmm. maybe it is, um, but it's time for a good cry and for being vulnerable and for letting it out and for asking for help like – You know, there's all sorts of tools out there. Um, We just have to be willing to let go. Because you know what I realized, Todd? What? Sometimes being pissed at somebody feels empowering. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, not. I'm 44. I've noticed that before in my life. It's yeah. not like a new awareness. You mean in a good
0: way or a bad way?
1: In a good way.
0: Well, I, you know, my teacher, Tony Robbins, says pain is actually an incredibly wonderful thing if you use it to propel you into something else. And I don't know if that's where that's you're not, going.
1: I'm actually saying the other way. You're I'm saying, saying being
0: pissed is empowering.
1: Sometimes people want to stay pissed. Sometimes you're like, I'm pissed. I don't want to let it go because hmm. I want to be mad at you. Don't you think?
0: I think that happens all the time. Me too. But is that good?
1: No. Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. I'm trying to point out is that You're sometimes stuck. we don't want to let go because we the pain is so familiar mm-hmm. and it feels so like energizing mm-hmm. that we, oh, you feel alive. You feel like yeah, I it, have a purpose. I'm mad.
0: Yes. If you are somebody who has a hard time expressing emotions, and you know, I think that's why a lot of men are angry. They're taught that the only emotion they're allowed to emit is anger. So if you're going to choose numbness or anger, give me anger because that makes you feel alive. You're on this planet alive.
1: But then what do you do with that? Right.
0: I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm saying that that's what happens. That's what happens.
1: Yeah. Like and I realized, you know, because I was kinda going through this thing about being mad last week and and I realized You were mad at me, were you? No, Whew. it was not you. That was a close call. Yeah, you're off the hook. Um is, Especially on my birthday. can't no, be mad at me on my I'm birthday. I'm so not mad at you on your birthday. Even though you're again your hair
0: is awesome.
1: Is a little crazy.
0: It's pretty awesome. Yes.
1: I like it. Thank I like you. you. Thank you. I like the way you are.
0: Don't go changing. To try to please me. That's
1: right, Billy Joel. That was the song around?
0: that we danced to at our wedding.
1: Yes. I just like the way you are. I, just the way you are. But anyway, I was saying that I, I realize that sometimes our pain, and I realize this personally and in the world and have had enough experience with this, where a lot of times we don't want to let go of our suffering because we start to identify with it. We start to find a sense of self in it. And here's something that's interesting is I kind of got a visual um, last week, when I was debating about letting go of my annoyance, let it go, <laughs> let it go. Thank you, Elsa. Can't hold it back I got a visual of once I let go of that annoyance, there's an empty space. And sometimes it's uncomfortable to mm. have that empty space.
0: Yeah, don't know what to do yourself. I didn't
1: know emotionally then what to do with myself and what I made a commitment to do, and I'm still not completely through it, is just fill it up with good stuff. Yeah. And if this doesn't make sense, if I'm sounding crazy, I, I see it. You know, It's like, okay, I'm going to let go of this annoyance. Okay, wide open space. Okay, what can I fill it up with? And I had to be conscious of what I was going to fill it with because say then that day I had a tough day. I didn't want to fill it with negativity or right. like the world is bad. And so I you know we we have to recognize sometimes I'm just trying to point out that sometimes our pain and our suffering, we hold on to it purposefully right and that if just that awareness can be life-changing, and then it's another process of then letting it go. Well,
0: it's kind of like you always ask yourself, what's going on here? Yeah, and I, I think we talked about that that one of the listeners wrote in and saying, it's kind of like how Kathy says what's going on here. And I think you, in that moment, misinterpreted what she meant by that. You're
1: right, I did misunderstand. She
0: actually meant, what is going on here?
1: Ah, okay. do people right. don't have
0: no idea what we're talking about. Okay. There was a listener question and what you meant is look outwards and find out and scan the situation. But actually what she meant is, What's going on inside of me God. as I connect with whatever is in front of me?
1: You are right. I misread that question. I thought she meant, like you said, what's going on with my kid and why yeah. is it? And she was asking the question of going inside, why am I triggered and frustrated? Exactly. And the question is, if we are holding on to a resentment or a pain or something that maybe is really old, that is the question. What is going on here and why do I still want... To hold it. And again, I'm not talking about a trauma that happened two days ago. Give yourself time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it can take years sometimes to get through a grieving process of a loss, or it can, you know, this is not about never feel it again. It's about those things we hold on to that maybe have run their course, yeah. but we're not willing so to. So, how do you
0: know when you're stuck? How do you know that? It has run its course mm. and you're still holding on. Gosh, I can only speak for myself about that. That's all you got. So tell me about yourself.
1: I realize that when I keep turning over the same story and I feel like I need to keep talking to people about the same story, mm-hmm. that I feel like I need to be saying the same thing and I feel like I want to be validated for that same feeling and that's already happened.
0: Because there are people that are saying the same story to themselves since they were seven years old.
1: Oh, I know. I know. This, this is an onion, man. This is a deep one.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, I want to do a men's group on key decisions like, you know, something happened to you and you kind of decide who you're going to be as a result of that. You know, that's kind of besides the point. But there are stories that we tell ourselves and have been cycling in our head since we were children. Yeah. And to your point, what's going on here? Like instead of just, oh, this is the way I get, I get mad when somebody... You know, cuts me off on the road. Instead, why is why it? Why
1: do I get so right. mad?
0: And it could be something that happened to you 35 years ago.
1: And it could just be instead of a thing that happened, it's a belief system you carry. Because I just was in an experience today pulling into Jewel where there was some guy, it, he was honking. He wasn't honking at me, but this other person because they kind of pulled in front of him. And I always think about the person who's like honking so furiously and so mad. I really believe before they even got in that situation that they have a belief system that people are dissing them left and right, that they are not worthy, that nobody values their opinion, that nobody listens to them. They have gotten in that car thinking that. And then when someone pulls in front of them, they are like, see?
0: They look, uh, I have friends like this. They look for reasons to be offended. Correct. And we all do that from time to time. But some, I know some people in my life that make a living looking for reasons to be offended or looking for reasons of why something isn't as good or You know, it's like the whole Debbie Downer thing. What's her name? Rachel Dratch.
1: Like, there's a lot of Rachel Dratch people out there. Well, and it's a habitual pattern. Like, that's the thing, too, is that's not their personality. It's a pattern. And one of the things I love about all the teachers we talk about on this show is they can help you. You know, if you understand the research behind what it means and what it takes to be happy, you can create new, you know, Sean Acor's research. You you can, Sean Acor's research you can create new habits if you listen to tony robbins you can create new habits like the everything is changeable mm-hmm. it's not easy it takes time you have to be gentle with yourself you have to accept your humanness you have to know that you're going to take one step forward two steps back it's it's not about becoming Constantly and consistently happy. It's about recognizing that you can always question what's going on here right. and make a different decision in that moment. You can, if not make a different decision, have a new awareness. About the way you think. One thing that Richard Rohr talked about that is very connected to this is he was talking about how sometimes, because of you know his um, high status and how knowledgeable he is and his age and you know all the books he's written, that sometimes he can get offended when someone is disrespectful to him because he's kind of like, wait a second, right? How can you be disrespectful to me? And I have that experience too sometimes. You know what I mean? Like where someone will challenge me on something that. You know, and I'll be like, wait a second, you know, and then what you realize is that's your false self who is being so offended because it's your belief in that there is some kind of hierarchy that you know more than other people, that you are better than other people. And that that doesn't mean that you haven't studied something or that you don't have the right to be somewhat of an expert, but you don't have all the answers for everything. No, nope. And everybody has the, you know, the freedom to say their. Way they look at it, yeah. and for us to say no, you have to look at it my way is suffering in itself. Yep. If we think everybody is supposed to see the world the way we do, that's just a that's going to equal suffering.
0: Well, and that's one tool. Like we started out this conversation by talking about having sense of, a sense of humor about things or laugh. Yeah. I mean, I I think of myself as somebody who's probably too serious too often. And you know, look at yourself. Right? I think there's a lot of guys out there that are worried about money or worried about this or worried about that. And they don't lighten up. It's just lighten life. Up. Yeah, It's kind of like our yoga teachers always say, it's just yoga.
1: Just yoga fall. Just yeah. fall over. It's just yoga.
0: <laughs> just laugh at yourself. And that's something that I'm still working on. Believe me, there's plenty of times where I laugh uncontrollably. Just not enough,
1: well, and something that I say to Todd a lot is when I do get offended or I feel that that you know i 'm you know my ego's been crushed for whatever reason, I will say that those words to him i 'll say my ego is really bothered by this, like I can see but
0: you're separating just by saying my ego does that's yes. that 's why you're not attached to it, yeah, that is a really it seems like a small thing what you just said, but that is everything if you can say my ego is offended by it, you are all all of a sudden there's a space in between who you are your essence your wholeness your your whole existence and your ego which is i am what i have or i am the i am how much self. money the yeah. false self and you know next time you get pissed and try saying My ego is really upset right now. (laughs) My ego is. Because that's nothing else other than a reminder of who we actually are, which is love.
1: And let me say this, though, to make sure everybody understands this. When I say to Todd, my ego is totally bruised right now, I'm still feeling the bruise. Yeah. It doesn't mean that by saying that, I then don't feel pain. But as he said, I'm just trying to create that small space between, I know that this shouldn't bother me as much as it does. But it does, because my ego is somehow just kind of squeezed in front of my true self and wants to be right. And if you can recognize that, then what it does for me is, Todd still gets an earful from me about the way I feel about things, but I don't respond to other people that way. Or at least I do my best to not. I can't. can't.
0: No, you need somebody to confide in saying, listen, I can't say this to anybody else in the world, but I can say it to you because I know that you won't judge me for it. Right. And that's who we are for each other. Yeah. and hopefully we. I think we talked about this in the last few weeks but hopefully somebody has somebody like that there's there's a time when you should be egoic and say yes. this isn't fair
1: right because the feeling's there the feeling is right. there
0: and you need a therapist a coach um, a friend a friend a, a spouse not your kids no let
1: your kids have let, their own experience <laughs> 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 Yes, yeah. let them come to you there's a lot of parents out there that do that though I know right I know I know, and they, and that's the thing is that people, we misunderstand that being our real selves with our kids doesn't mean dumping our stuff on them. It means showing up fully as ourselves so our kids can trust in who we are. So different things. So we're
0: 47 minutes okay. in and I'm I kind good. of feel like we should close the show. Um, So I want to close the show instead of with our song. I'm going to play, a, so we're going to say goodbye. Okay. And I'm going to play a two minute clip that I love from Tony Robbins. Okay. Tony Robbins is, uh, I'm going through a coaching program right now. I'm about to be certified. I just have to write a term paper. And do a few more things. Uh, I am looking for another client or two. So if you're interested in being coached by me, whether it be relationship or men's work or parenting or even money, uh, shoot me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. So, and then we did our uh, question show last Friday, which I think was a big hit because we've got like six more questions in the hopper. <laughs> did we really? So hopefully, you like that. Oh, and we did get a one nice review. So thanks to that person who gave us a review. I have it written here somewhere. Okay. Hold on a second um no I didn't, I didn't well
1: before you say that this two minute thing of Tony's can you play two minutes of his stuff
0: yes Tony's a good guy don't worry he and I you, you guys talked this morning I'm just kidding he's <laughs> awesome but no I don't think he'd be mad this is uh it's called how to pull yourself out of a funk
1: oh I love this yeah this is good this is perfect yeah because this is the practice yeah this is the understanding that there is another way.
0: This is I, – I have two really important teachers in my life aside from my wife. Tony Robbins is one of them, which is action creates where you're going to be and all that. And then I got another guy named Jeff Foster, which says just be okay with where you are. And I have these two teachers in my head that are kind of have a tug of, tug of war. And they're both right.
1: That's the thing is life is paradox. There is no one way. There are both ways. There are four ways. There are eight ways. And you have to decide in present time which way is right for the occasion. It's a lot of energy, but it is so worth it.
0: So we're going to play this. I don't think we're going to talk on the other side unless we feel compelled to. But here we go. Two minutes. How to pull yourself out of a funk by my teacher, our teacher, Tony Robbins.
2: Emotions are a habit. If you say, how do I pull myself out of my own funk or my own frustration, my own overwhelm, you gotta first own the fact that you've identified that as the way that you live. You've actually, I always tell people, you get what you tolerate. And so you've gotten used to tolerating that and you start thinking, this is me, when all it is is a habit. It's a habit of the way of looking at life. That's a habit of how you use your body. It's a habit of language that you use. Because certain words, when you use them, you become that. I really believe what you've gotta do is train yourself. Train yourself physically, it's like working out. You know, people say, don't you have bad days? Of course I get pissed off, I get frustrated, I feel sad, I do all those things, but I don't stay there, I used to live there. I used to be depressed all the time. I never get depressed now because, not because I'm so positive, not, it's not fake, it's like a muscle. You know, you can train yourself to get frustrated by doing all the time. You can train yourself to be stressed out. You can train yourself to feel sad by doing it so often. We get wired. The more we do something, more wired we get. You can train yourself to feel passionate, you can train yourself to feel strong. And I tell people, don't settle. Remember, you get what you tolerate. Put yourself in gear. Go for a workout. Start to train your body and your mind. And also find something you want to serve greater than yourself. Because if you're just doing this for you, you're going to probably have bad days. But if you're doing it for your family, if you're doing it for your community, if you're doing it for humanity, you really are, and it isn't bullshit, you're going to find a level of energy inside you. You're going to get insights you never have. I really believe motive does matter. If your motive's just for yourself, you don't get much insight. Life supports you because you're part of life, but if you're trying to support more than yourself, when you get a vision, that's how businesses grow. That's how movements happen, right? Find something bigger yourself to serve and make sure that you don't tolerate weakness in yourself. That doesn't mean you are not to feel sad, but you're not just going to stay there because you made that decision. Life's too short to feel like crap. I've decided I want to live in a beautiful state for the rest of my life. That doesn't mean I won't feel bad. It means I won't stay there because I'm in control and I can change it. So can you. T. Robbins
1: Life's too short To feel like crap You know what But it, it is Great to feel outstanding
0: Yes that's right
1: And if you have a crappy day So be it But the next day
0: The best part is when he's like Of course I have bad days But I don't course. stay there Yeah he trains his body to do something. Shorter
1: fuse. We can all do it. Not shorter fuse. Is that the right way to say it? Longer wick. Longer wick?
0: I don't know. No. Just making stuff up. Okay. Um, Jeremy Kraft is our third partner, painting and remodeling throughout Chicago Chicagoland area. Avidco.net, 630-956-1800. Thank you to all our listeners. We love you. We're actually growing. Our show is growing and getting, becoming more popular. And it's a thanks to you because you're telling your friends about it. It's the only thing that we're doing to market ourselves. So... It's on your plate. It's
1: natural and organic, sweetie.
0: Natural and organic. See you guys next week. Have a good week. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, One of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FamZoo. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about the tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to the thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email, and you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com, and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement, and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well being is a parent's self understanding. Keep trucking.